This episode is made possible by PwC. The future calls for digital transformation you can trust. That's why the new equation is business-led and cloud-forward, using secure technologies to drive tax-efficient solutions for today and tomorrow. It's how people and technology work together to transform transformation. See how the new equation is building trust and security with the latest tech at thenewequation.com. Facebook leads the industry in stopping bad actors online. That's because they've invested $13 billion in teams and technology to enhance safety over the last five years. It's working. In just the past few months, they've taken down 1.7 billion fake accounts to stop bad actors from doing harm. But working to reduce harmful and illicit content on their platforms is never done. Learn more about how they're helping people connect and share safely at about.fb.com safety. Welcoming back to the Crotch Shout Radio Show, the most electrifying autistic cisgender female in porn. The Puerto Rican Bionic Booty, supporter of our warriors. The engineering mistress, La Boricua Bella, Mercedes Carrera. Hey. Hello. How are you? I am as well as I can be in jail. How are you? I'm all right, as well as one can be in um, a uh, liberal city where shit's about to pop off anytime now with the UN being encouraged to take over. Oh, my God. So I heard <laughs> I, I heard that you guys are like back under lockdown again. What's, yeah. ha- what's happening in New York? It's like zip code by zip code. Are you back? Are you locked down again? What's going I'm, on? I'm in the zip. I'm, I, I just got the notification on my phone that I'm in one of the affected zip codes that might be getting locked down again. So that's fun. But uh, it, it does. It doesn't really affect me because shit is still kind of locked down anyway. So there's really not much for me to do. And I'm an essential employee. So, you know. It's like it's business as usual for me. Charges press two. If you would like to permanent, thank you for using Securus. You may start the conversation now. All right, let's try this again. Okay. What happened? I have no idea. I just hung up. Oh, okay then. So I don't know. yeah, so so far I'm an essential worker, so no real changes yet. All right. That's the thing. Yep. Ms. Yelling. You hear how loud it is here? Yes. So this is like living in a city. Not like a very loud, obnoxious little city. Yeah. That's what jail is. Jail is like jail is like what I imagine living in New York was like in like the fucking nineteen ten. Well, probably now because I get I get yelling outside my window all the time. Like my neighbors, boyfriends be or ex boyfriends. Scream for them out the window, like at three o'clock in the morning, and I gotta open up the window. I'm like, "Shut up, faggot!" <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> See? Yeah. See, it's kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. It feels, it feels like a little city. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it, it feels like a little city all the time. So did you see the? I get up at like four in the morning just so I don't have to hear it. Right. <laughs> I swear to God, I get up early just so I can hear silence. Mm. It's a thing that I do. Well, whatever. I wake up so I go, oh look at it. Well, whatever you got to do to survive, I guess. There's nothing. <laughs> mm. So how are you? Otherwise. <laughs> watch did you watch part of the debate last night i actually we we live i live streamed it with my with my homeboy gabriel brown yesterday last night Uh we did like a four-hour jam um i played i played the johnny quest theme when uh mike pence came out got it You, you you remember that cartoon johnny quest oh yeah he looks like race bannon don't he Doesn't Mike Pence look like Race Bannon? I don't remember that. Oh, okay. 
right. I mean, I mean, I honestly like the whole thing was just so like studied. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I like watching Trump because Trump is like so not a politician that he's fun to watch. But honestly, like watching Pence and and Harris, it was just so two politicians doing politician things. It was completely uninteresting to me. Yeah, he still won though. I mean, yeah, but, but he was like, like watching him debate is like. This call is intended for the called party only. This call and all participants will be recorded and may be monitored. If you are an attorney, hang up and contact the facility to request that your number be made private. <sighs> I mean, sure, but, but that's you know I can say that just because I'm like really on his side. <laughs> but I mean, his his whole style of debating it's like listening to any fucking. Republican, like he does, like he does all the same fucking things that like any sort of like uh, Republican politician does. Like it's really, really studied. So I mean, it like it comes off as inauthentic in its own way. Like I'm just, I'm an objectivist, and I, you know, so they're just both politicians doing politician debates. Like, like Trump is so much more fun to watch because he, he doesn't give a fuck. He's so much more fun. He, like he means it. Like when he's like when he's talking, he means what he's saying. Whereas Pence is just you know he's been doing this for so fucking long. Him and Harris both are really really steady politicians. <laughs> so it was just exactly what you expected. Like okay, here they go. Here they are. Yep, wind them both up and yeah, yep, there you go. There's the talking head. You know, <laughs> like there was nothing about it that was um, at all. So I stayed up last night, and they they let us uh, have the TVs on, so I could, you know, I saw the replay because I didn't get to see it when it happened. Mm. And uh, I I don't know, I just like, I mean, Pence is just exactly what Pence is. He's exactly a dyed in the wool evangelical Republican, and he, like everything about his cadence of speech is is just very 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 studied in practice. And Harris is exactly the same way. She's a very dyed in the wool you know, Democrat, uh, uh, politician. They're both politicians. Right. So, I mean, they both, to me, they both come off as inauthentic in their own ways. Hmm. I, like, I don't really care for either of them. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's my opinion. Like, like I'm watching both of them. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you do. Blah. Uh, there you go. Blase, blase, blase. Bullshit, bullshit. Yeah, it was just, it was just, like, it's, it's just all, it's all party politics, party politics, party politics, blah, blah, blah. It's exactly what you'd expect. I mean, the whole reason that people like Trump is that he's not one of them. Hmm. That's, I mean, that's why people like Trump. Yeah. Because he's not one of these fucking people. Yeah. I mean, but what, what do you think of like, well, Kamala was like, she she was clearly lying, like out her face, like, oh, this double speak. Of course, she's a politician. I mean, the, the thing about mm-hmm. all of this stuff is like, you're like, oh, my God, she's a, she lied. Yeah, she's a politician. Like, that was the whole point. That's the whole reason that people wanted Trump in there is because he's not one of these fucking people. He's, he's not a goddamn politician. He came in, at, like, not from politics. He's a business dude. Quick question. He doesn't, have his, he doesn't have his hands in this fucking slimy bullshit. Right. He's not involved in the CIA's fucking drug deals and, you know, money laundering and, and human trafficking and all this other shit that they do. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Quick question. He makes his money by building buildings and shit. Yeah. Well, quick quick question. Since Since you haven't been convicted of a crime yet... Are you allowed yeah. to vote? Yeah, but I mean, I'm in California, so, you know, on a federal level, all of California's electoral college votes are going to end up going to Biden. Yeah, but, you know, a nice fuck you vote. Yeah, I mean, yes, I'm, al- I'm allowed to vote. Yes, but I mean, it, it's just like, it's like you and anyone living in a blue state. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is, this is, uh, yeah, this is the problem with, you know, the electoral college. 
And, uh, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting. What I've been really watching in the last week, and this is the thing with all this, like, shiny, mm-hmm. you know, COVID stuff, and this is all the news is talking about. So, you know, I don't know if you've been watching this Belarusian stuff. So, Belarus has had this contested election, which is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Now there's this Azerbaijani-Armenian border conflict, and this is a big thing in L.A. because the Armenians have, were down at the L.A. Times, like, protesting, basically going tell the government, do something about this, and it's all very wag the dog, which I don't know if you watched that movie, but you should if you haven't. Mm-hmm. the last time I talked to you. you got to watch that movie, man. Um, and so, you know, and it looks, it's, so this is happening. But one thing that's happening is, uh, is uh, uh, now there's allegedly, this is like a blip in the news cycle, but it should be a big fucking deal. This is something people should be watching. Is... Uh, is uh, uh, there were allegedly violent protests in uh, uh, Kyrgyzstan. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you take a look at that on a map, usually that means that there are these NGOs, non-government ent- uh, organizations, that are typically covertly funded by Congress through these, like, quote-unquote, you know, democratic entities like the... Um, I talked about these the last time, right? Like, I told you guys, pick up that book. Yeah. Target China by yes. Engdahl. Go get that if you haven't gotten it, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, that um, that book, I mean, Engdahl, like, spells that shit out, right? But if you take a look at that on a map, what I'm seeing is that either they're hedging their bets or they're planning on getting Trump out because it looks like they're paving the way. If you look, okay, Belarus, right? And... Uh, Russia, they just had that guy that got um, that got poisoned, that opposition leader, right? Right. It, okay, so we know about that. Um, what is it? The uh, the SCO that um, why can't I think right now? Not the uh, Singaporean, the um, Shanghai Cooperation Organization, mm. right? That it's basically like an allied organization between China, Russia. Um, Mongolia, all the stands like Kyrgyzstan, Kazakhstan, Tajikistan, and all of Eurasia. They formed in 2009 when the U.S. started getting really aggressive in the Middle East to secure all of the uh, mineral wealth in Eurasia. And they basically made a pact saying, hey, if the U.S. comes in Eurasia trying to fuck with our mineral wealth, we all have each other's backs. And they made Iran a uh, like an auditor. So, <laughs> so now, like, there's this NGO that I'm surely is, is staging this whole, you know, violent protest over election results in, in Kyrgyzstan. Well, what does that mean? That means that somebody's stirring the pot, likely some CIA-type entity, right, in Kyrgyzstan. Yeah, what's the next step? Kazakhstan. Somebody's trying to get in there, likely the CIA, because it's usually some CIA shit. Mm-hmm. And NATO forces in there to do what? To blow up that fucking pipeline. Now, that pipeline supplies uh, China with a hell of a lot of petrol. And as of what was it, 2014, when Engdahl was writing about it, a lot of from the Caspian Sea across Kazakhstan uh, into that uh, Xinjiang region. Now, that's, you know, they've been talking about the Uyghurs, the, the Muslims. Yes. Chinese Muslims, yeah. and they're like, oh my god, there's concentration camps, we've got to go in there and liberate these poor people. No, they, they want access to that region because they want to blow up all those pipelines. And hmm. cut China off its knees. That's all this is about. You know, like, we go from, hey, the Muslims are our mortal enemies, and they, they caused 9-11, to now we got to liberate them from, from uh, concentration camps. Give me a fucking break. Right. Right? So... This is happening right now while everybody's distracted with COVID and distracted with Trump having COVID and, oh, my God, all these politics, right? So what's happening? Who's going to be president? I, like, I don't fucking know, but this is the stuff to be watching. So either they plan on getting Trump out or they – I don't know who – like, I don't fucking know. I'm in a jail cell, right? But to me, like, China is not Russia, and this isn't a Cold War. And if they blow up that pipeline, those are the seeds of World War III. Mm-hmm. Because China's not going to take that sitting down. They aren't some little vassal state that we can go in there and fuck around with their pipeline if that pipeline's bringing in 40% of their petrol. Because the other places they get a lot of petrol in is through Burma. 
they they t- they bring in fr- uh, through tankers from Africa into a pipeline in Burma, hmm. and that's why the U.S. wants control of the South China Sea to basically starve out China's oil uh, o- like oil pipeline. Yeah, they want to. Yes, they want to control China's access to resources. Mm-hmm. Right, but this is this is a much bigger deal than anyone. So, well, everybody's worried about. COVID and does President Trump have COVID? And oh my God, he's patient zero for COVID and elections. They're they're covertly moving in on China. This hmm. is a big deal. And considering the fact that the only thing that's propping up the U.S. economy right now is the petrodollar, this is something people should be paying attention to. Mm-hmm. Not fucking, you know, like the stupid politics. I mean, this is the kind of thing that if we get into a war with China, they could starve us out. They just bought all of our corn from last year we have we're looking at having a terrible corn crop yeah and by the way in california it was just reported that they're finding this aphid that by the way comes from china mm. forget the name of it um you can look it up online actually What's hold on called? a second i'll get you the, hold on one second okay i'll get you the name of this aphid hold on one second All right, I think I found it. <laughs> An Asian woolly hackberry aphid. Okay, so here's something terrifying mm-hmm. that just came out in the news here. Mm-hmm. There's an incurable fruit uh, tree disease called by an aphid. Caused by an aphid like insect. Um, mm-hmm. comes from China. It's called the Huanglong Bing. Um, yeah. It was first found in Hacienda Heights, which is a very Chinese area here. I think I saw a porno with uh, with him in it. What's that? I, I think I saw a porno with him in it. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Wang Long Long Bing. Wang Long Bing. Very long Bing. Yeah. Well, okay, so what's crazy about this thing, though, is so, like, <laughs> most citrus. Like, a lot of citrus comes from California. Right. And we have a lot of citrus trees here, so, like, that's, like, a common backyard fruit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, citrus is a $3.3 billion industry for California. Um, $1.5 billion in oranges, $1.3 billion tangerine, $823 million in lemons, $89 million in grapefruit. Well, this fucking thing is cotton into our citrus plants. They're trying to isolate it. And um, what it does is it uh, pierces through the leaf of the citrus tree, sucks out the nutrients, and then infects the tree with bacteria. And it causes rancid fruit and tree death, and it's really, really a problem. So it's like the bark beetle that's been killing off all the trees Mm -hmm. in California, and it makes them basically like matchsticks. It's also, I think, a Chinese thing. But if this fucking thing gets into our fruit, it's going to kill off, like, a huge part of our industry and also, you know, a source of nutrients for us. Um, they're trying to isolate it. It was found out here in Rancho Cucamonga on September 11th. It's really hard to isolate. They're, they're going through and they're trying to isolate it, but now it's being found in residences. Um, and so part of me is starting to think, you know, like, what if this shit is intentional? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. these people, like, the Chinese aren't stupid. They know we're at war with them. I mean, it's kind of brilliant, you know what I mean? Like, kill off yeah. people, you know. They're, like, there's all kinds of random stuff that's been happening. Like, even a couple, of, like, months ago, there was some uh, bacteria found in our trout, in our commercial trout in California, and they had to kill them all off. So, like, all these little things are starting to add up, and I've been watching the news really carefully here, and I'm starting to think that they're doing this shit on purpose to us. Right. Huh. I mean that that does sound like a really strange um you know that really sounds like a really strange coincidence if it is right. a coincidence. In fact, here I found it in the Los Angeles Times, California expands local quarantine to hold citrus disease spread by aphid-like bug. A Southern California quarantine zone has been expanded in an effort to stop the spread of a disease that threatens the state's uh, multi-billion, do- multi-billion dollar citrus industry. 
the addition right. uh, of 107 square miles uh, encompassing the citrus of uh, Corona and Nor- Norco, Nor- Norco, I guess, North California, and uh, part of uh, Chino, followed uh, the discovery of a dozen trees with citrus greening disease in Corona. Wow. Actually, that kind of Corona? Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. The quarantine zone now covers one uh, 1,127 square miles in parts of Riverside, San Bernardino, Los Angeles, and Orange Counties. The quarantine forbids movement of fruit, citrus plants, or foliage, but the fruit can be consumed on properties where it was grown. So, well, there you Weird, go. Right? Yeah. I think it's intentional. Yeah. And look it up. Look at the um, look at the trout thing. There was there was a bunch of trout that had to be destroyed. Yeah. There was some like some bacteria, and now I mean, we're starting yeah, because, to like like bacteria. Yeah, yeah, because of the because uh, uh, a lady called um, Alex Jones today, and she was talking about how the the um, ash from the fires affected the the hatcheries because the ash, when mixed with water, turns the water into lye. Well, it was actually even before that. Really? It was actually no. This was actually months before the fire. Oh wow! Yeah, no. This is yeah. That's the thing. This was actually before this. Oh wow! Okay. Months before it, there was a bacteria in the tra- before. You that. have one minute left. Okay. Yeah, no. The, the trials were were dying before that. All right. Crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah, like no. I'm telling you, there's there's sabotage going on with the food supply, and that's the funny thing to me is people are, are jumping up and down and Found it. yelling about all these quote-unquote systemic things, and I'm like, you guys have no idea what it's going to be like when the starvation hits. Mm-hmm. Because I think that China, China, the Chinese have a history of understanding what war is like with starvation, and I think that that's going to be their plan. It's through attrition. I think they're planning to starve us out. Hmm. That's why they've been buying up our, our, our food surplus. Well, there you go. So you, yeah. you want to call me back? Yeah, let me call you back. All right. The caller has hung up. All right, we're back. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I found the article. uh, Strange bacteria are attacking California's trout supply. This was in September 29th, 2020 uh, from the New York Times. There was one that was that should have been back in, like, June or July. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, yeah, there was a bacteria that, and you know, I, I this is why I clip newspaper articles. Yeah, I think I might have sent it to somebody. Um, I wish I had a copier here, but I don't, <laughs> and I should start notating things and making copies. But it's hard because I do everything by hand, right? Right. And um, so I'll, I'll have to start making extra copies and sending them to you, mm-hmm. um, or putting them in like my little notebook and 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 rewriting them down. I'll start doing that. Yeah. So that I, I have a notation of these things. Because, you know, this, I mean, this stuff is, is uncanny. And, you know, one thing that you can do is look up. And, I, you know, I was thinking, I, see, I don't have the Internet here. I would like to keep tabs on uh, China's uh, purchasing of our, um, our agriculture mm. uh, supplies. Because I know they, they bought our uh, corn backlog. And I know that previously they had had a... a um, uh, a prohibition on buying uh, GMO corn yeah. from us, and I don't know if that still stands in the year 2020. I'm not sure. Well, I heard that they like to buy they like to buy our chicken feet because our the chicken feet is bigger here. Yeah, I'm not sure. You know, I don't know. I mean, I, I unfortunately don't know that much about agriculture. Right. That's not a field that I know much about. I do, uh, I do know that Engdahl talks about it in 2014. But you know that book is six years out of date. So that's and you know there's not a lot of people writing about that. Hmm. And the Chinese are not exactly forthcoming about information anyway. Part of my interest in um, learning their language was so that I could actually understand what they're saying. Yeah. But, you know, the nice thing about their language is that it's actually fairly simple. Right. If you really? Can, if you can read it, then it's actually not hard to figure out what they're saying. 
Really? Yeah. Hmm. Because because each each uh, letter is a word. So they must have a huge alphabet then. Yeah. Well, so so what I'm studying right now mm-hmm. is I have a, a this call is intended for the call Fuck. party only. This call and all participants will be recorded and may be monitored. If you are an attorney, so hang annoying. up and contact the facility to request that your number be made private. So annoying. So what I'm studying right now, I'm studying for the HSK level A exam. That's the um, Chinese uh, literacy exam. Mm. So that's 77% of the Chinese language. And that is their exam for Chinese literacy in their country. Hmm. Yeah. So that's my goal when I'm released is actually to be able to take their literacy exam. Oh, okay. Their language is, is fascinating, though. I mean, they're, they're so... It's the reason I, I got interested in it is I started studying their culture, and I believe that in order to understand a people and their culture, you have to uh, study their language. What? So what book are you... What book are you reading to learn Chinese? Well, I have, I have a bunch, but um, the primary one that I'm studying to learn the 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 actual alphabet the letters mm-hmm. is the uh Tuttle's uh learning chinese learning chinese letters i believe by Tuttle the Tuttle series is fantastic so chinese letters are all you know i have to send you a letter mm-hmm. that just explains it because it, they're com- they're compounds it's basically an algebraic language so so they compound like like they'll have a letter and then they'll compound several of them together to make new words. So, so for example, the word you is actually uh, person plus thou equals you. But to make the word you that's formal, kind of like, you know how in Spanish you have usted? Yes. The word usted in Chinese is you plus heart. Oh. Is it was dead, yeah. So when you're writing it out, it's kind of like writing capital U plus a heart next to it. Is that hmm. charming? It is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's darling. It's such a cool language. But, like, for example, he or she in, in Mandarin are both ta. Ta. So, like, when you're speaking about somebody, he or she are both ta. So when you write them out, you, you can only tell uh, if it's a he or a she, when it's a he, you write person in front of it, whereas when it's a she, you write woman in front of it. Mm. But when you speak, there's no difference. There's no appreciable difference between he or she. As a for example. I see. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So it's a completely, in that way, it's a kind of, you know, egalitarian language. Mm. But here's one of my favorite things. The, the, the word uh, I or me, woe, Wool is actually hand plus dagger. Oh wow! What is wool? Isn't that cool? Yeah. So dagger in hand is me. Isn't that fucking cool? That's one of my favorite things in Chinese. Hmm. I am dagger in hand. It's so martial. So what would you? Chinese is actually it's you, one of my favorite languages I've ever studied. So what would your Chinese name be? You know, I I don't know. I mean, I like to. I I personally have chosen to sign myself as Mei Li, which is uh, it's very beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mei Li means very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But, um, in, there, I mean, there's different ways that people can sign the name. I mean, you have to just kind of... I know Mei Lin is a, is a Chinese name. So, you, it says Mesa de Si Bin. What's that? You're... you're uh, wait. What? You're... you're uh, I looked it up. It says... Uh, oh, in Pinyin? In, oh, wow. It doesn't even... It doesn't, how, how would you... I can't s- hear you. In, in Pinyin, in Pinyin, it's uh, oh okay. It doesn't even give a pro- fucking pronunciation. May I can't hear you at all. You at all? At all? At all? Like like you sound so muffled, dude. Oh okay. How about now? It's a little better. A little better. Okay. 
Yeah, I don't know how to. Okay, no, I was trying to look up your name in Chinese. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, you you gotta like you have to the way um, Chinese letters work mm-hmm. is each one actually has a syllable attached to it, and they don't they don't use a lot of syllables. The the thing with Chinese is a very highly contextualized language because they use the same sounds over and over and over. So so you have to like take a sound and then there's like one sound will be used it'll tribe to multiple uh symbols mm. that mean multiple different things and so you have to find ones that fit so like especially like in, i guess in cantonese i have a couple books on cantonese as well it is um and keep in mind i'm just learning this so i'm no, by no means an expert but in cantonese the, the cantonese are really prone to making puns out of their language as a result. There's a lot of ways you can write the same thing and make jokes out of it. Hmm. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a really cool language. You know, I wish I had learned it as a, as a really young person. Because it's basically a whole language of, like, ancient emojis. Hmm. I wonder if they're... I wonder if I was trying to hit on a girl from China, if I just used emojis, would, uh, would that get me in? I don't know. I, I, I love it though. I, I actually really love it. I studied I studied French and German and Spanish in mm. school and I think I, I love French the most out of like all of like the Latin you know languages. Yes. But de I boots. I, Bouf moi. Vite de Voulez-vous coucher un mois ce soir? Au revoir. Oh, we oui, missed you. Oh, we well, okay. oui, missed you. All right. Well. Ce soir, ce soir, we oui, missed you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, but, uh, yep. Whenever, I I, whenever, I, whenever I, you get out of jail, that's a hell yes. So, um, anyways. <laughs> but I, the Chinese is so, it's so fun. It's such a, and it's really, really a cool language for, like poetry, and uh, I think it's just beautiful. Their culture is really amazing. We, you know, we don't learn it. You know what? You know why we don't learn about it here? Did you know that they had the world's largest navy in the year fourteen hundred, and they used to make these four hundred foot uh, ships? Mm. Okay, so by comparison, the, the ship that Columbus took to the quote unquote New World was only eighty five feet. The Santa Maria was eighty five feet, but uh, Zheng He was this admiral uh, fleet captain. Mm. And uh, he had like 200 of these treasure ships that were at least 200. I mean, I think they built like 350 or something. So he might have taken that many at a time. I don't know. I'm still reading this book about it. He it, That were 400 feet. That had like, like eight masts apiece. Can you imagine? Mm. Just size of these fleets i mean they had so the fact that the the chinese have the world's largest navy right now isn't really a surprise because they had the world's largest navy back then Mm. they they had um they had dry docks in the year 1000 a.d the europeans didn't have dry docks until the year 1500 a.d so the chinese actually have in many times in history, been the world's most advanced civilization. And I think the reason that they haven't really taught us this in Western civilization classes is because the Europeans actually don't want to admit This episode is made possible by PwC. When you bring together human ingenuity, passion, and experience with the latest technology, the future starts to look a whole lot smarter, which is why the new equation is meeting the future of work today with ProEdge. Digitally upskill your entire organization to keep ahead of the curve and drive growth. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Facebook leads the industry in stopping bad actors online. That's because they've invested $13 billion in teams and technology to enhance safety over the last five years. It's working. In just the past few months, they've taken down 1.7 billion fake accounts to stop bad actors from doing harm. But working to reduce harmful and illicit content on their platforms is never done. Learn more about how they're helping people connect and share safely at about.fb.com safety. 
the Chinese actually have been far more advanced than we have been, but they're not, they don't tend to be um, colonists. It's not part of their mentality because Confucianism uh, errs toward um, not biting off more than one can chew. Mm. So they don't like to colonize because they see it as a, a waste of resource and they see it as bad form mm-hmm. because they see how it can destroy a civilization, which is true. Look at what look at what's going on right now, right? And look what happened to Rome, and look, you know, really, and and they see it as open. They see if you open your doors, if you overly open your doors in your civilization, it will destroy you. And look what's happened. Mm. Look what's happening. Look what happened to us. Because we've, you know, we've opened our doors to this nonsense. So, I mean, they have a point, and that's that's what the Chinese know well. They open their doors for a while, and then they shut them, because they know it's it's better to be self isolating and to preserve their culture. And they're goddamn right. Those are some wise people. So they had in the year fourteen hundred these huge treasures, this treasure fleet that went from Madagascar and the far west all the way up to Taiwan in the north, and then almost Australia in the east, and it, you know, almost to Australia. But they, they were rumored to, like, it looks like they went to Central America at some point, mm-hmm. in like 500 AD. They went all over. They just, they knew Europe was there. They didn't go there because they didn't want wool or wine. <sighs> they could, they just didn't feel like it. Mm. There's no reason for them to. Yeah. These are very advanced people. There's a lot of lessons to be learned from China. And I think right now would be the time for us to learn some of them because their isolationism is what has preserved their culture. Right now, we are falling apart because we opened our gates too wide. Yeah. And we have not learned the, the lessons of prudence and wisdom and of preserving our culture. And so we are being ripped apart, which is what happened to the Chinese in the late 19th century. So why why is Biden so much up China's ass then? Why why are all these like politicians willing to kiss China's ass if they are trying they're, to destroy they're, they're us? They're not. I I don't think it's that. I don't think I think what you're what they're mis what you. It's not that they're willing to kiss China's ass. It's not that they're making money out of selling out to China. Totally different. Mm. You're not, it's not that they, they respect China. It's that they're making money off of outsourcing America to China. Totally different. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's not that they respect the Chinese. It's that they, they were happy to sell out America's labor in the 80s. So all of our work, all of, it, it was the, like people like Joe Biden were the ones who said, oh, yeah. All of those factories that people like us should be working at, mm-hmm. they were like, yeah, let's just outsource that. We'll make an extra $10 per unit if we just shipped off to China. And the Chinese were smart enough to say, yeah, 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 we'll work at slave wages right now because our future and our children's future and our grandchildren's future will be secure. Because they knew that the minute they got the manufacturing over there, once they got those facilities over there, their children's future would be secure. Those were some smart people. Because once you have the facilities there, you've got work in perpetuity. That's smart. Hmm. Our our parents and our grandparents were stupid. They were like, yeah, we'll do white collar. How many fucking white collar workers do you need? How many lawyers, you know, do you need? You need manufacturing. You need blue collar workers. You know, countries need to have their own manufacturing. I can't believe Americans signed off on that. Yeah. And they screwed all of us in the process. So, you know, the Chinese were smart. They took care of their own. You got to hand it to them. But Biden doesn't care. He didn't, he never cared about Americans because he's making profit off of it. Right. So I don't think it has anything to do with the Chinese. He wouldn't care if it's China or Zimbabwe or, you know, um, Czech Republic. Mm. He doesn't care where these these facilities are set up. He just cares that he's making a buck. That's all. 
And I think that's what Trump is alluding to. Trump is trying to bring it back. But the problem with manufacturing is once you move these facilities, it takes, you know, 10 years, 20 years, especially with the kind of regulations that America has set up now. It takes a long time to bring business back, especially to a place that's as highly regulated now as the U.S. I mean, the EPA regulations in America alone make uh, doing any sort of business here extremely onerous. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's part of the problem now, too, is we have these just ridiculous regulations. I mean, doing business here is, is really, really difficult. Yeah, especially when you need a, li- a license to do practically everything. Like, it, it just seems oh, yeah. dumb that you need a license to cut hair. Like, okay, if you, oh, yeah. if I decide to, I want to cut hair and I mess, and I mess up a whole bunch of people's heads, they're either going to kick right. my ass or never come to me ever again and I'm going to lose my business. Right. Why do I need permission from the government in order for someone else to give me consent? to cut their hair. Right. 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 Well, this is, I mean, and look, I mean, this has happened before. If you read, um, hell, I mean, there's a passage in um, Gibbons, The Decline and Fall of Rome, mm-hmm. where there's a guy at a, actually at a, at a Hun camp. He's at, he's at a camp with the, uh, with the kill of the Hun. And he's complaining to a historian, uh, a Greek historian, about um, the Romans, about exactly the same thing. Everything old is new again. Mm-hmm. So this Greek historian comes across this this man who had been living under the Romans, who I uh, I believe was Greek also, and he had been quote unquote liberated by the Huns. He'd actually been taken captive by the Huns in a raid, mm-hmm. and so this guy had been enslaved by the Huns, and he's telling this story to this to this other Greek historian, and he's like, oh my God, you know, I was enslaved by the Huns, and I thought it was the worst day of my life, and what he thought was a travesty ended up being one of the best days of his life, because the Huns, unlike the Romans, didn't have any of this kind of ridiculous bureaucracy, right? Mm. So he's captured by the Huns, and in time, just through good works and good deeds and meritocracy, he ends up being... um, You have one minute left. He ends up being elevated, oh, wow. and he ends up uh, being elevated out of being a slave into being, as he says, uh, um, invited to the table of his master. And he ends up with a hun wife and children. Yeah, I'll send you the passage. I'll copy it for you. It's fucking amazing. Okay. Wow. Yeah, and, and, he, and he's complaining about all these things about the Romans that I mean, literally could have been written today <laughs> about the American government. Everything old is new again. Yeah. All right. So you want to call me back? Yeah. Yep. I'll call you back okay. right now. All right. Okay. Bye. Right. All right. And we're back again. Hello. We're yeah. back. Yeah. All right. That was one of my favorite passages out of that whole goddamn book. Mm. And what's you know? what's the and name it, of that book? It's uh, it's, it's given. It's the decline and fall of the Roman Empire. It's a seven volume work. It was his entire life's work where he chronicles the decline of Rome. Yeah, I'm writing these down. <laughs> yeah, I'll send you I'll send you the exact passage. It's hard to find. Yeah. Right. I mean the total the total I mean the total work is like seven thousand pages. I have an abridged version here. Damn. Like fifteen hundred pages. That's a lot that's a and I thought I talk a lot of shit. What? I thought, and I thought I talk a lot of shit. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this guy spent like twenty years, like combing through people talking shit on the Roman Empire. <laughs> I mean, think about that. <laughs> <laughs> the decline and fall of the Roman Empire, Volume One through Three of By Six. Gibbons. Yeah. It, you know, it's an it's an academic work that was written in 1776 when he published it. And uh, he was he was part of the you know the movement of the French Enlightenment, but he was British, and it's actually fallen out of fashion in academia because it is so. Um, it's he was such a, a an Enlightenment author mm. that a lot of the uh, modern academics don't agree with it because you know he was so much in that 
that vein. He was so much uh, a proponent of, you know, egalité and liberté and fraternité mm. that the, you know, modern academics just cannot, they cannot get on board with him because of his Enlightenment belief system. All right. So. Okay, found But, it. you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's it's like it's like most things. I mean, he was you know he was really of that era. It was when you know the republic was being founded, and um, and uh, so he was a great thinker. He he did he never came out publicly condemned. I think the throne the way the founders did. He was still a Brit, you know, but uh, mm-hmm. he was definitely. Um, an Enlightenment style author, and he, I, his, there were a lot of little jabs in there about Christianity. That um, is part of the, why, the reason why his uh, work fell out of fashion during the Victorian era. This call is intended for the called party only. This call and all participants will be recorded and may be monitored. If you are an attorney, hang up and contact the facility to request that your number be made private. That's annoying. Oh yeah, it's intended to be. You know, but I mean, and and you know, and there's there's truth in that too because what happened with the Romans, they became they we, they became weak, which is what's happened now. People are weak now. I mean, people are afraid of a fucking cold virus. Yeah. Look how weak everybody is. People are terrified of a goddamn cold. A cold. Oh my god, two hundred thousand people have died. You know you know like sixty thousand fucking people died regularly in these Chinese villages back in the day. That happened. Yeah. All the time. People were savage in the past. Times were tough, people died, they died in raids. They died of famine, they died of illness, they died of starvation, they died of war, mm-hmm. life was difficult. Times were hard. That's what life is. Life is difficulty. Life is difficulty. People now are afraid of a cold. People are afraid of cold. Think about that. What the f*** happened to humanity? Wake up, people. Yeah, for real. It's fucking cold. A 74-year-old man had a cold for two days, and people are acting like the world's falling down. Some people were, like, celebrating him having that fucking cold. You know, honestly, you know, I sit in my jail cell, and I think, hopefully, you know, really, I mean, these people have no idea what hardship is. Yeah. You know, in the Soviet Union, you know, really, I mean, in the Soviet fucking Union, Mm -hmm. People used to get disappeared. You want to talk about fucking real brutality? In the Soviet Union, they would come into people's houses in the middle of the fucking night, and they would disappear them from their beds. Mm. Disappear, and they would never be seen again. They would go to the gulag. Solzhenitsyn used to write about it. If you want to read about it, pick up a copy of the Gulag Archipelago. In Russian, it's the Archipelago Gulag. By Alexander Solzhenitsyn. He also wrote One Day in the Life of Ivan Denisovich. Good book. Russia, you want to read about... R- Russia in the West? You want to read about... Yeah. Sol, Solzhenitsyn. You want to read about police brutality? Read about that. They come into your house in the middle of the night, and they would take you from your bed in front of your family. Sometimes they take your whole family. And they would put you in a cell, two foot by three foot. And if you fell asleep... They would come in and they'd beat you. What's the name of that author? Solzhenitsyn. S-O-L-Z-H-E-N-I-T-S-Y-N. Solzhenitsyn. Solzhenitsyn. Okay. S-O-L. S-O-L. Solzhenitsyn. V-H-E-N. Just look up. Just type this in. Gulag Archipelago. Okay, Gulag. Gulag uh, Archipelago. You want to read about brutality? You read that book. Here's Pol- Brutality. 
read about the Soviet Union. Had no color. Everybody was white. Everybody was white. And they would come in, and they would kill you, and they would take you from your family, and you would disappear to the gulag. The archipelago gulag. And you would probably die. Mm -hmm. And here's how brutal the gulags were. You know, in Russia, the, <laughs> you know, usually you're a prisoner of war, right? Mm-hmm. So when you come back, in every other country except Russia, you come back as a prisoner of war, and you're celebrated, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you're a prisoner of war. You come back to, oh my gosh, a prisoner of war. Wow, you're celebrated as a hero, right? Yeah. Not the Russians. Because prisoners of war from World War II were considered liabilities because they had seen how well people lived in, in the First World. So you know what they did? Kill Soviet them? Russia? They threw them, no, they threw them right into the gulags. Threw them into labor camps. Hmm. Used them as fucking slave labor. Yeah. Damn. And you know what they did? They made them build, they made them fucking dig out canals by hand. That's what Stalin did. And Stalin, you want to talk about a mean motherfucker. You know why Stalin was so mean? Why? Stalin was mean because he was a fucking, he was a mean motherfucker who was actually from Georgia originally. Mm. You know, his country. Oh, okay. And he was kind of like a Tony Soprano type. (laughs) He was a thug. But Lenin liked him because he was good at shaking people down. So he was not educated. Stalin was not an educated man. He was kind of a little thug. But he was, but he, he meant well. He believed in the revolution. He believed in the Bolshevik revolution, you know? So he was a little fucking thug who was good at shaking people down. So they sent him out to the east, and he was shaking down all these oil barons. And he was also, you know what he did? He ran brothels. He ran fucking brothels. Oh. And he ran drugs, and he ran money. Yep. And he, he was, this is what Stalin did. So all these little, these little Marxist academics like Trotsky were writing all these little nice papers about how communism was for the good of people. Stalin was out there doing the real fucking work. He was collecting money and shaking people down. He was actually the real strong arm. He was the one actually funding the goddamn revolution. Mm. And he's not getting a lot of credit, by the way. So in like 1914-ish, he goes back to, I can't remember if it was St. Petersburg or Moscow. I want to say it was St. Petersburg. This is like before the revolution, like 1914-ish. He goes back to a dinner. He has one fucking friend. And he gets invited back to a dinner. He doesn't realize that his friend's a double agent for the czarist. And he doesn't realize that he's on a watch list. Mm-hmm. He gets invited back to a dinner, right? He thinks, oh, how cool. He's going to get back to dinner. He's going to think, oh, they assure him, oh, yeah, it's fine. He goes to this dinner. The fucking czarist secret police arrest him. And they send him to, they send him to Siberia for four years. And he spent four years in Siberia in a work camp. Yeah. And and that's where Stalin learned never to trust anybody. Never trust anyone. And that's what made Stalin who he was, right? So Stalin sits there for, you know, like four fucking years in Siberia in exile. That's what they used to do to people. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Bolsheviks keep going. Eventually, 1918 comes. There's a revolution in 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 Moscow, or St. Petersburg. I guess Moscow at the time. <clears throat> so they, they finally win, right? They take over. They're going to take over the czars. The czars are gone. The czars are gone. You know, long live the people, right? Comrades have won. So Lenin takes over, and he goes to give out appointments. He's going to give out appointments for, for the comrades, right? Stalin's stoked. He gets there. Lenin's giving out appointments. And all these stupid little hoity-toity, you know, little fucking Marxist, you know, educated little fucking people. You know, it's like it's like giving Elizabeth Warren an appointment, right? Oh, to you, he's giving the appointment here. And Trotsky gets his little special appointment, you know, and he's looking down his nose at, at Stalin. But here's Stalin, right? Stalin's done all this fucking work. He's, he's the one who's really funded a lot of this shit because he did the dirty work that nobody could or wanted to do. So it comes to Stalin. Lenin gives out the appointment. You know what he gives him? Undersecretary. The least visible appointment you could give anyone. No public face. At all. And Trotsky completely brushes him off. Trotsky gets the most public face. Trotsky gets like the 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 fucking Pelosi type job. 
great. And Stalin gets the, the least the least public face he can get. For all the work he's done. Can you imagine? Yeah, that the Can you imagine how fucking pissed he was? I would be pissed off. Yeah. yeah. So Stalin he takes the job out mm-hmm. of loyalty for Lenin. He's pissed. But then he quickly realizes that the job of undersecretary isn't all that bad. Because you know what? He gets to decide who goes to what meeting. Mm-hmm. But you know what he does? What? He puts all his thugs in all the meetings. And then he realizes this isn't so bad because he knows where everything is all the time. So Lenin suddenly dies. Like, it's, it's actually cut, like completely random. Like he has a heart attack, he dies. Oh, wow. And Stalin's in charge of setting up. And this is where the, the face of history changes. And it's unbelievable how things alter the face of history, right? Right. Because Lenin dies, and Stalin sets up the funeral. So Trotsky's supposed to deliver the eulogy. And the day comes, and, Tr- and Trotsky doesn't show up. And Stalin, being a good comrade, gets up there, and he delivers the eulogy for him. And everybody goes, what the hell happened to Comrade Trotsky? Well, somehow, Trotsky got the wrong date and time on his invitation. Imagine that. Mm. (laughs) I wonder how that happened. And shortly after that, some very nice gentlemen went and... uh, escorted Trotsky to the train station oh. and had him escorted out of Russia hmm. and made sure he made it all the way to Mexico. <laughs> and shortly after that, Trotsky's brain was escorted all the way to his desk. Wow. <laughs> wow. It remained. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they had him, they had him fucking executed. As well as should have, because you know what? It's guys like fucking Trotsky who wrote all this hoity-toity fucking bullshit about how great communism is. Because you know what? What's the difference between someone like Trotsky and someone like Stalin? Not a goddamn thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, with thug is a thug. Hey, give me your fucking money, and I'm going to give it to that guy over there. You can write a goddamn fucking treatise about it. You can, you can fancy it up with flowery language and make it seem academic. But the bottom line is that you're still stealing someone's money to give it to someone else. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's the same goddamn thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, yeah, I, I hear you. So, what difference does it fucking make? Mm-hmm. And like, and that's and and you know, so you got to appreciate Stalin, but you know. Realistically, know what we know about Stalin. I mean, he died in '53. He probably had undiagnosed uh, syphilis that was untreated. Well, Hence he, his later uh, yeah. locomotor ataxia. That's why he seemed so stiff, and that's why he went nuts. And he had absolutely no skill in redistributing anything. And so the Russians ended up uh, later on. Uh, uh, they they became cannibals hmm. under him, and there were stories of literally Russian families deciding which child to kill to, to literally uh, eat to serve to the other kids. Wow. That's how bad communism is. That's what communism does. So the next time you hear fucking AOC in the squad talking about how great communism is, <laughs> yeah. you can refer them to a gulag or Pelago because clearly they don't know Soviet history. That's what, they, and and this is not a, a fucking race thing. I mean, the, the Russians are all white people. Well, technically Asian, but okay. No, they're they're fucking European. Mm. They're white. <laughs> technically. There. I've seen some black Russians. I'll take your word for that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the story. That's the real story of Stalin. Somewhere in there too, his his own his first wife died and broke his heart and mm. he 
has a very he has a very very sad story. He's a very sad man. Well, that's a, that's the real story. That's the real story of uh, of Russia. And that's why when these people are you know out there you know rallying for communism, I'm I'm thinking to myself, people don't fucking read anything about history, do you? Absolutely not. They don't. You know, same thing with China. I mean, part of the reason uh, China really, uh, the 20th century in terms of, of China is not indicative of their actual history at all. I think that the reason that uh, in American uh, courses they only teach you about China's 20th century mm-hmm. and they don't teach you anything about the rest of their history is to kind of obfuscate the rest of their history. Because we only learn about Mao and the 20th century of China, but we don't learn anything else about that. We also learn about and it, so, Well, recently we started learning about Ip Man Chan. Who? Ip Man. Ip Man Chan. What is that? He was the, he was the guy who taught Bruce Lee how to fight. Ip Man. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's who we, they, they, Donnie Yen. They can't stop making a movie about with Donnie Yen or some other Chinese yeah, actor about, about Ip Man. I mean, yeah, he, Wing, Wing Chung is badass. Don't get me wrong, but God damn, how many, <laughs> like the man cheated on his wife. Stop freaking like glorifying him. I mean, he's like, he was an honorable man. No, he fucked every chick he got a chance to. Be honest. Yeah, well. Yeah. But you know that's not like dishonorable in China. Like I think they they there's I have this one thing about the Chinese where like every Chinese emperor had like three empresses and like seventy two or like twenty concubines or something, mm-hmm. something like that. Would you Would you rather be a concubine or an empress? Probably a concubine. There's a lot less pressure. Oh. Yeah, but then you would have to share the dude with like a whole bunch of other chicks. Yeah, but you do as, as an empress too. So what difference does it make? Oh. Yeah. You have one minute left. Okay. So, you gonna call back you or? Yeah, we'll call you back. Okay. And we're back. Hello. Hello. Hello, Clarice. Hello, okay. <laughs> nice fine Chianti and flabby <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I mean, it's it's just it's unfathomable. But you know, it's nobody reads anymore. Yeah, nobody reads a goddamn thing. So no, I mean, and they don't. They don't really teach us shit either. I mean, like I was talking to some young kids, and they barely know anything about civics. They barely teach social studies now. They all, all you hear, all they hear about is how. The government needs to do this. The government needs to do that. I'm like, I didn't learn that shit when I was in high school. I learned how bad communism was. They showed we had history books of uh, that showed frozen uh, frozen cadavers because uh, in Russia because people were so hungry they had to wear uh, men had to wear women's clothes in order to stay warm and they were still froze to death. But see, to me, look, you know, I feel like. At a time when people have a literal computer in their pocket that has access to everything. Yeah. Okay, I am in a jail cell. Mm-hmm. I do not have a computer in my pocket anymore. No. So, it is literally up to me to find information. Right. And, um, even, okay, so here we have a channel called the American History Channel. Mm-hmm. And I could choose to watch that or I could watch, you know, the political view. <laughs> you know, or... Wheel of Fortune or whatever. Yes. And it's amazing. It's on the American History Channel, they have these really great uh, shows sometimes about Soviet Russia or Nazi Germany or, uh, oh, today they had one on the American Revolution. There's all kinds of neat stuff, even on television. If you look for it, it's just mm-hmm. about what you're choosing to fill your head with. So this idea that somehow other people are responsible to fill my head with interesting things is a completely irresponsible worldview. Mm. If you have a phone in your pocket that, that connects to the internet, you can be responsible to look for information that's compelling. Yes. I am in a jail cell, and so I have chosen to have uh, friends of mine send me books on how to learn Chinese. 
because that's how I'm choosing to spend my time. And I also have a great old history book on Chinese. It's called uh, A History of Chinese Civilization. And it's like having a curated antiquity museum of China in my jail cell. It is a textbook of uh, ancient Chinese. And it's, it's ancient Chinese wonders. It's fantastic. It's an old text. Old textbooks are amazing. There's a website called thriftbooks.com. And there are literally... We have one minute left. Oh. There are literally... So go on there. It's thriftbooks.com. Go on there and purchase old hardcover uh, thrift books, uh, old textbooks. It's amazing what you can find on there. All kinds of old information. Go buy old books before they burn all of them. Right. <laughs> you guys are you guys are out in the outside world. You're free to find information. I'm not, and I can still find this stuff out. Mm. It's up to you. Anyway, I love all you guys, and I love you. I love Louis, you too. And I will send I will send you stuff that shows you how to write in Chinese. You guys can do this yourself. Okay. Learn it. I love you. I love you too. Don't be a stranger. You know you're always welcome here. I you know so. <laughs> I love you. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. All right, bye. Bye. The caller has hung up. Like to thank Mercedes Correa for coming on. She's probably going to come on next week, and we're going to have some further discussions. This is going to be a weekly thing. Um, it costs me at least fifteen to seventeen dollars to have her on because she she calls me. Um, I pay for the calls. So if you want to help me out, please consider buying. Um, clicking the links on below. She, um, you know, the books that she mentioned during the show, I have Amazon links, definitely buy them through me, um, and, uh, help, uh, help support the podcast. So, uh, with that being said, as always from my house to your house, mahalo. Hey, that's the end of my show, donk. years, Children's National Hospital has provided exceptional care and groundbreaking research. Please donate today to give children and healthcare heroes a reason to believe this holiday season. Visit childrensnational.org slash holiday. At Jaguar Land Rover Tyson's Corner, increased business has created a unique opportunity for experienced auto technicians. Right now, they're offering a comprehensive compensation package, including up to $60 flat rate hours, exciting longevity bonuses, and more. Come work with an incredible team in their state-of-the-art brand-new facility. Give them a call for your rate assessment at 877-396-6766 or visit them online at LandRoverTysonsCorner.com at LandRoverTysonsCorner.com. 